Welcome to Cool Family Solutions, Caregiver's Guide to Mental Illness, with Mona Cooley and your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 1, Mona the Caregiver Learns to Cope. Thirteen years ago, Mona Cooley and her family were faced with mental illness, and at that time there were no programs for families to access as caregivers so they could learn how to support the family members affected. It seems that once caregivers established a foundation of skills to manage the mental illness and addictions in the family, they needed to find a way to incorporate this new reality of change into their family's daily lives. Now, it's no secret that caregivers will focus all their energy and time in supporting the individual that's ill, often at any cost. As a result, they often end up neglecting themselves and their families. They also get ill, both mentally and physically, and they often lose their own sense of identity. Mona Cooley started witnessing a pattern. And for over a decade, Mona has been facilitating and educating other caregivers who are facing the same situation and with a huge success. Cooley's efforts were recognized through the Alberta Division of the Canadian Mental Health Association's 2008 Nadine Sterling Memorial Award recognizing Mona's contribution to the mental health community. Realizing that more work needed to be done, Mona formalized her program into a business, recently establishing Cool Family Solutions. Her vision? To champion the cause of families living with mental illness. This podcast is the first podcast for The Caregiver's Guide to Mental Illness, with the first episode appropriately entitled Mona the Caregiver learns to cope. Here we talk with Mona Cooley. Good morning, Mona. Good morning, Greg. <laughs> it seems that you've been on quite a journey over these last 13 years. Tell me, how did you cope when there were no programs for families who are facing mental illness? Well, we it was a struggle. Because there was no programs, the family had to battle it and figure it out themselves, rely on whatever strengths we had at that time. And we were fortunate, and one of the fortunate families, within 24 hours, we were referred to Canadian Mental Health, where we were talking to others who have illnesses or have been, are in the process of being a caregiver. So that, it was more asking questions and finding out from others. That was about how we did it and relied on our own selves. So maybe perhaps give us a little bit of a background on how this started and how it came about. With mental illness, like our daughter was diagnosed uh, 13 years ago, as you mentioned, and it was, she had a near-death experience and she went into a manic state, which was like she had the cure for AIDS. And wow. these are and very scary because when a family's faced with things like that's being said, and she wasn't sleeping, she was pacing, she was going around the Glenmore Reservoir twice a day, and things like this, and, and it was bizarre. It was, it was just very bizarre and couldn't figure it out. But the night that she did go into the manic state, as I mentioned, we knew something wasn't right, and we took her into the hospital. The family did. 
and she was diagnosed that night. Uh, and that's not always normal either because, you know, sometimes they're not diagnosed right away, but she presented in a way that she was di- diagnosable and she was diagnosed with manic depressive or bipolar. So that was the beginning and I had to phone up to the university the next day just to make sure she was in her third year university, make sure all her classes were complete, talked to the professor there, and told, I told the professor, and the professor put me on to Canadian mental health. And I'd like to mention here, Greg, just because I did tell the professor what we were dealing with and not pretend that we didn't have a problem other than mental illness, I think that's why we got the help so quick is because we did say she has mental illness, this is what it is, and she referred me immediately to Canadian Mental Health. A well-kept secret, sounds like. Yes, there's a big stigma around it, Greg. I've had depression twice in my life, undiagnosed, but I recognized what I went through, and my husband's had depression. For me, I seem to have to talk about it and get it out there. That's the way I sort. There again, I guess is one of the skills I relied on is I had to talk to a, I had to talk to somebody. I had to figure this out. Okay, so you talked to the Canadian Mental Health Association and they were able to help who? They were able to help us as a family to understand. At that time a gal by the name of Pia Elliott who I contacted and talked to, uh, she talked to us as a family. Uh, first myself, and then she sat down with our children, uh, with them, and then she sat down again with, with my husband and I. And she took that time to sit down and explain first what mental illness was and what the challenges were and the things that we had to do. And the one thing she said was take care of yourself and I said what how can you take care of yourself when you've got all this chaos going around you and you you just don't know what to do but it was the wise words because if you don't take care of yourself you cannot take care of anybody else it's just like on the airplane they tell you when the masks come down do you put it on yourself first yes you do you put it on yourself first so that you can help someone else no different. But they're more geared up to help the patient or the person, I should say, as opposed to the family. Yes, the medical system is geared to looking after the one that has the illness, which is great because they, of course, need the help. There was no programs for the families. Like, I asked a doctor about the help and they didn't know where to go. They just couldn't tell me where to go. And like I said, we were fortunate to be told about Canadian mental health, but not everybody's told that. So the family are left trying to figure out how to cope themselves with what they're dealing with personally and also try and help the one that's ill. And they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to communicate in a way that things can move in a better direction for themselves and for the person that's ill. They want to take control of the situation and... Sometimes we're not even talked to our loved one about any of this. We're doing a lot of things that you're not helping, you're enabling. If I understand correctly, what you're saying is that you get a little bit of advice, a little bit of guidance, but for the most part, you're pretty much learning everything on the fly 
And so you're now learning how to become caregivers. Yes, that's very well put in the sense it is. You're learning how to be an effective caregiver so that you can help the one that's ill and they can move forward as well as yourself. Because lots of times what happens is the caregiver gets run down. They can get sick themselves. Over the years in facilitating groups, I've seen where the person that came in as the caregiver was on antidepressants themselves or taking time off work because the stress was so much. I can certainly relate. I had a family member. It was a physical condition. And so I can certainly understand. I kind of dropped everything I was doing. But I think one of the things I didn't realize at the time was that this is a long-term situation. It's not like breaking a leg where you put it in a cast and three months you're fine. It's going to entirely change our lives. And then we have to adapt to this new reality. We have to come up with a new routine. And we can't always be in reaction mode. And I think the big realization is that, hey, this is what our lives are going to be. That's right. It does change the whole perspective of how the family functions and how you move forward and how you handle things. And it's with you. Like our daughter is is bipolar. She has her battles here and ups and downs with it. But at the same time, because we've learned as a family over the years how to do this in an effective way so that it doesn't affect us as much and it helps her, then we all win. We all move forward. But that, again, it just takes that time to learn the skills, and that's why families need a resource in order to learn how to do this so that they can have that family unit to keep moving forward for the long term. Now, you mentioned earlier before this this conversation, we talked beforehand, you had mentioned how it's the caregivers themselves that burn out and get sick. And you were talking a little bit about how it can actually affect them. Maybe could you share that with us a little? Well, as a caregiver, exactly what you said is there was days I came home and shut the door and cried because I just didn't know what to do and what direction to go. There was times I was very angry and got angry with other family members myself because I just didn't know what to do anymore because it seemed every time I tried to do something, it wasn't working. Or we'd be in conflict with each other, my daughter and I. and We've had those battles. And I didn't want those battles anymore. And... Stress, well, you, you're constantly focusing on that issue. Nothing else. You, you put everything else aside. That's right. That's right. You're, you put your life on hold and you focus on this problem and you're trying to figure it out. And that's where the, the struggles come. You don't want any more conflict. And because every time I went up the hospital, we got into battles. And there were days I just walked away and said, I'm not coming back. I don't know what to do. You mentioned to me in a previous conversation how you, at one point, were thinking that you didn't even know who you were anymore. That's right. You lose who you are. And when we got through the main battles of trying to figure this all out and so forth, and after a few years had passed and 
got on track and she was doing better, all of a sudden, I, I didn't know who I was. What do I want to do? What's my purpose in life? And then I had to sit down and figure that all out. And I hear that constantly. I'm lost. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't even know what I want anymore. Obviously, you've figured it out. You've come up with ways to actually, you've come up with ways to deal with this. And so what you've been doing is you've been facilitating and educating others on this. One little story was an individual didn't know how they were going to talk to their daughter. So they wrote a script. That was ideas that came through the group, and they wrote a script out how they would talk to that person, how they would respond to the conversation that's always been going on and never gotten anywhere, so she knew all the things in the conversation. So she wrote a script in how she would handle it when her daughter phoned. And that helped her. It sounds like showing people how to do this or some of the skills you picked up in Toastmasters. <laughs> it is, Greg. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I'd like to say at this point that Toastmasters came into my life at the same time because I was asked on behalf of Canadian Mental Health to speak on behalf of the family, and I went to Toastmasters. And the interesting part that I learned at Toastmasters was we evaluate all our speakers, as you know, and listening was the key thing that strengthened for me because families don't take the time to hear what the loved one is struggling with themselves. They don't feel heard. So listening became a big key to me because even my daughter told me very bluntly one day, Mom, you don't listen. And I realized I wasn't listening. I was fixing it sounds like over time that you've become an expert in this area because you've been there, done that. And I know when we were chatting previously, you'd mentioned about you had discovered that there was a pattern to all this and that people were coming to you and, and asking questions. And so with this pattern and the fact that people are asking all these questions, you realize that there's a lot more work to be done and that you also wanted to do more. So you've decided that you were going to formalize this and create Cool Family Solutions? That's right. It was a pattern. I kept hearing words like maintenance. They would come back to the group. I've come back to get some maintenance. Or I've lost who I am. I don't know what my purpose is. I just don't know where to go from here. I don't know what's next. They were repeating the process of coming back to the group, which is good. At least they knew they had that. But... I could keep hearing that if they could have a plan, because sometimes they go through the programs that and there's lots of great programs in, in the system, that the thing is it's doing a long-term plan of how you keep moving forward and keep relying on your, your strengths, your family strengths, yourself. Find out who you are. What's your purpose in life? Purpose means if you've got a, that means you've got a meaning of fulfillment. I know what my purpose is. So is teaching others how to have that and how does that fit into the family? What is the mission of that family? And how do we all work together and keep moving forward and still have our own lives? So yes, I kept seeing this pattern of more. So what was the, the turning point where you decided that, okay, I want to do more, I need to formalize this? What was, was there... 
a moment? Was did you have an epiphany? What made you decide that this is what you wanted to do? I felt over the last, especially the last year or two years, I realized that I kept hearing the same words, maintenance, long-term, what's my purpose, what is next. And I kept hearing it and hearing it, and I thought, okay, there is more that can be done. And I started developing a program over a year ago and putting it together and also did a focus group with three families that were part of a retreat just to test and see. Did a lot of research in the market to see if there was anything else for families to carry on with. I wanted to be sure we were complementing the system. You know, the system has a lot of programs in there, but are we complementing it or is there something else out there? And I couldn't find anything out there and I asked a lot of people a lot of questions and there was nothing. And so a year ago, started developing the program. This year, it was ready to go. And we put it out. We've launched. Mona, where do you come into the picture? What services does Cool Family Solutions provide? The services that we provide is families can take control of their own health. And the individuals can find out what their purpose is. And also family can set a long-term plan. What is their mission as a unit going forward together? So you're focusing on the caregivers as opposed to specifically the person who's affected? It can involve the person that is effective as well. Uh, You know, if they're in a well position, it's just more, it's the family and it, it can be defined at that time when they call but we would like the whole family involved and maybe the one that has the illness as well, depending on where they're at. And what does this process look like? Is it a group session? Is it one-on-one? or How does that work? Actually, the first thing that we ask the families to do is do an online questionnaire. Each individual in the family does this questionnaire. And that gives us a profile of the whole family. And based on that information, we can help the families map a process for them and design a plan with our guidance. And then there's a retreat for the family after they've done the mapping process that brings them with other families and themselves. And there's lots of activities that work around the families and their purpose and their mission. And we work with them. And then there is discussion sessions after that. There's about three of them that they would do. And this is a full program that they would go through. And at the end, they would have their mission, individual's purpose, and how they can move forward, and a plan that they've designed with our guidance. It sounds like something that you wish you had 13 years ago. (laughs) Exactly, Greg. If I could have had somebody that could have given me a map of how to get to where we can go and how to do that, with some support and some guidance along the way with our input and as well as the one that has the illness, their input, it wouldn't have taken us this long. But I think that every crisis creates an opportunity. It's created an opportunity for you to not only learn more about your own family situation, but also to to help others. Yes. So do people need a referral to contact you or to deal with you? No, they don't need a referral. We've had people referred to us, uh, but also if you you find us, and hopefully you'll 
find us and hear about us is call us and we'll help you. The thing that we can help you immediately is if you're in a situation and you need a resource that's already in the community and we can't help you uh, with our program at this point, but we will help you to find that resource and follow up with you and make sure that that resource is working for you. So that's one thing. Your program is a fee-for-service, but you're saying that you'll offer an initial consultation without any cost or obligation, and if what the people need is just a referral to another organization or to another person, then you would do that. Yes, that's right. Fantastic. And how can people contact you or find out more about you? You can go to our website, www.coolfamilysolutions.com, or you can call us at 403 512 5558. And Mona, you're based out of Calgary. Yes, we are. You can also email me, Greg, mona.cooley at coolfamilysolutions.com. That's C-O-O-L-E-Y. That's correct. Well, that's great. Any final thoughts, any one little tidbit or tips of advice for families who are dealing with mental illness? All I say to families is if you're dealing with these issues or not sure what you're dealing with, reach out and get the help. I know that made the difference for us when we outright said the problem we had and asked for help. It saved us time and energy and frustration. So reach out. Thank you very much, Mona. This has been quite an enlightening experience chatting with you. And I wish you all the best of success in your new venture and hope that you're going to find more and better ways to help people that are out there. I look forward to meeting each and every family. Thank you, Mona. Bye-bye. Bye. The Caregiver's Guide to Mental Illness is a community service provided by Cool Family Solutions, produced by Greg Gasson. For more information, please visit www.coolfamilysolutions.com.